Good. How are you? All right. Good. Good. Uh, so thanks. Thank you for the taste, taking the time and chatting with me today. Yep. And uh, it's it's so. I mean, you've you've been our, on our uh, podcast before with uh, the episodic versions, um, and people probably know you. But for the for those ones who are jumping in at the, on this episode, why don't you go ahead and give us uh, an introduction? Yeah, so I'm uh, Govind. I am the CEO of DataX, which is a data sharing company which allows you to share your data and get money and also see what the data is being used for. Uh, we are partnering up with apps. That's our approach. But we also have a Chrome extension that actually collects your browsing information and we come up with some cool insights with it. We have that going on right now. So if we check out our website at DataX, that one you'll be able to find us there. Me personally, my background is in computer science, philosophy, and a minor in economics. Uh, I love logic, and I love thinking about how computers and the human mind are similar. Awesome. I'm pretty sure by saying you know, I have, we have a extension on your browser that you know, gathers all the data, you, you freaked some people out. Do you want to elaborate <laughs> there? Okay, yes, I should have uh, highlighted the anonymity <laughs> part of it. <laughs> right, right. It's every, everything is uh, is anonymous. Like uh, the only the only actually there's no non-anonymous part. There's only one part to make sure that you actually uh, or you actually did submit your data because we we pay people, right? So the extension generates a code, and that code is you enter that into our form, and that form says, okay, cool. Now we know that you have you're not scamming us, you know. So yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. Apart from that, we have no way of identifying your data. Although right now our, our database is uh, on, on uh, we're using a centralized uh, database. We're going to port this over to a decentralized database. And then from then on, we'll have, we'll just be black boxed away from the data. Cool. Now we have some kind of fault tolerance, plus it's a, it's a little bit of a bootstrapped application. Right, right. I, and I'll get to, to DataX and its mission and all that in a second. But let's, um, mm -hmm. let's define data first. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what data is on a, on a conceptual level, but uh, let's get, get more t technical. Okay, so what are we talking about when we're saying data in this context? So, well, uh, everything you do online, let's start from there, you know. If you, yeah. if you open up a website, you're making a request with, uh, you're filling out a form basically without you even knowing it. You're filling out a form that expects some information just by logging in. You are, you're giving it that information by making a post, making a comment. You're giving, you're giving some information that's being stored somewhere. So this, this information is stored as key value pairs, you know, and uh, essentially you can create a whole database out of these things of, of just key value pairs of uh, lots of keys, uh, of lots of keys and lots of individual people submitting rows or lots of values, you know, and uh, how, each of these constitutes as a data point. So now we are, this is still a bit of a general idea of data. So to narrow down even more specifically, uh, let's look at say healthcare data, where healthcare data could be uh, me specifically, my height, my uh, my complexion, my uh, weight, my, you know, my, I guess my body's frame, the, 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 all this stuff is data and uh, you can, you can say pretty much everything is data and almost every single activity. I mean, I would go so far as saying every single activity is that we do is data generating in some way or data consuming in some other way. Right, right. Okay, so, so yeah, data generating, I, I, I see. Okay, so let's, can, can you give a couple examples for each of them? Like what is data, an example of a data generating activity and a data consuming activity, just to put it completely in perspective? So a data generating activity would be something like, uh, well, just creating a blog post, you know, I'm, I'm just creating, I'm putting something from my mind, taking all this data out of my mind and then putting that into some kind of feasible form. 
But if uh, if you want to go more literally, me getting a uh, me doing a survey, you know, I'm 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 giving a bunch of data that's going to be modeled into something else. So on the consumption side, it would be me going on Facebook and just kind of scrolling through and uh, cool. seeing and just looking at stuff, reading it, seeing stuff I like, you know, uh, and then aggregating it based on what I like better, etc. Right. Okay. Cool. That I think that puts a lot of perspective on the on the matter. So we are not mm -hmm. abstract. Now we are specific. And mm -hmm. well, how does D data X uh, fit into all this swarm of data, if you will? So the foundation of internet was uh, built in uh, a very single point uh, way. And by that, I mean, there's a single server that's just uh, taking everyone's information and then doing stuff with it, which is, which was necessary back then because, uh, well, you know, coming up with the internet itself was a pretty considerable feat. But what a byproduct of that, unfortunately, is that it's built into our infrastructure, the internet's infrastructure, that everyone's data just goes to one place, and that one place can decide what they want to do with it. But that's a problem now in the, in the world that we live in, because data is being used for all kinds of things, including verifying whether people should get a loan or not. You know, people whether people in, in, in extremities, if you look at a place like China, it's uh, it actually... It identifies you and puts you in a group of people who are who are threatening or non-threatening just based on what the uh, government's criteria are. So what we want to do here at DataX is act as an intermediary. We control, we give you control of uh, all the data that goes to your apps by partnering with them, and we introduce this whole aspect of researchers who are people who do stuff with data. They consume data and they analyze it, right? So they take your data. We want them to pay for access to your data if you consent to it. And then once they have your consent, they will do what they exactly what they said they were going to do with it. And then you get to track all of this stuff. This is this is what we're trying to do at DataX. Right, cool. So so just to be clear, you're not doing anything extra than you do regularly. You're basically consenting and you are as a data generating machine, if you will, basically mm -hmm. b being paid for that data that you're uh, giving to. Yeah, that's right. And uh, by paid, I mean, Paid both by money and also by insights. You get to yeah. you get Common to see what yeah. yeah exactly. You get to see what's what's being done with your data, and you and you get to learn something new about yourself. You know that works yeah, out yeah. too. True, true. Yeah, you get you get uh, some knowledge. That, that's actually true. So uh, a couple of things I, I, I it popped to mind. So when you were mentioning uh, loans and how sometimes um, we're going to define these terms, but machine learning uh, techniques are used to basically decide whether this person gets a loan or not. And um, some of the concerns that some people in the in the artificial intelligence community had that I was I, I was listening to a while ago, that was sometimes there are these black boxes called uh, artificial intelligence or machine learning algorithms that are tr basically uh, deciding whether that person gets a loan or not. And and well, they're working on contingencies too. But in some cases, you just don't know why that machine made that particular decision, and that's on its face a problem because that can be on the basis of a prejudice or, or you know, the fact that you're, um, if, if you have a specific background, you, you, you're more likely not to be reliable to pay that loan off, mm -hmm. or, or which, which might be actually true, like the statistically true, but... Uh, yeah, but statistically true does not imply, yeah. like, actually true, because, I mean, ultimately, it's just trying to, well, at the very lowest possible level is trying to fit your data into some kind of uh, linear model, yeah. you know, <laughs> or, yeah. or even uh, however more crazy it gets, it's it's trying to fit you into some kind of norm or put you into, into a box, right? Right. Um, but I do think that's not 
as much of an issue, at least in Canada, because some of my friends, this is maybe anecdotal, but some of my friends work in uh, quant uh, in quant research and uh, they are saying that they are not actually allowed to implement uh, models such as neural networks because those are the ones that actually do all the black boxing. They have to do somewhat like uh, statistical learning or uh, like Bayesian models and stuff as opposed to actual neural networks. Uh, this is as far as I know. I could right. be wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, in, in, I was, yeah, in, in Canada, this is a different issue, but I was talking about it in, in a more general sense. And uh, at the same time, be it, there are actually, even with neural net, uh, networks, they're actually working with uh, methods that they can still get information on how, how this machine decides. So basically, you're, uh, you know, implementing a feedback uh giving system so you're basically giving it an idea okay explain your thought process why did you make this decision and all that so so it's not just that this machine makes a decision and that's it that that's that's basically the solution they're coming up with but it actually explains to you why you made this decision in a sense anyway so getting past that um we we threw in these two terminologies again i'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard of them have a good idea of what they are but for the sake of being clear and concise on terminologies um do you want to um, give an explanation on artificial intelligence and machine learning so artificial intelligence i would say is the superset and machine learning is a subset of uh, of um this of artificial intelligence uh and by that i mean artificial intelligence is a is a class of techniques that is used to make a machine solve problems by itself without an algorithm telling it exactly what to do so there is this notion of uh, probabilistic programming that came that has come to for in recent times, which is uh, instead of having like a bunch of if conditions telling you what to do, it's you actually let a computer sample from a distribution. You have something that is uh, attempting to, well, produce something that an acceptor or there's a guesser and an acceptor, right? So the guesser is what uh, uh, tries to fit in something that the acceptor that fits the acceptor's conditions. And where I'm getting at with this is that um, there are some very straightforward uh, statistical ways of doing this, and those would be broadly considered machine learning. These would be uh, statistical techniques such as, um, well, linear regression is the simplest one where you take a bunch of points and you try to find a line that that it, most of the points are close to or conform to. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when you get to stuff like neural networks, it gets it gets a little bit more complicated. You're not... I don't think you're out of the realm of statistics, but there is definitely a lot of other stuff going on because uh, you're using a whole bunch of equations to try to approximate this larger equation, which is this larger equation is what the the data is, the true data, the true equation that the data itself represents. But uh, you're you're using all these tiny equations to conform to tiny little bits of this data or the true equation, that you don't really, you, you kind of lose sight of what's going on because all these things just start summing up all such such small parts of the equation that you're a little, uh, it, it knows, it, it's able to recognize m much more distinct patterns than the uh, than the human could, at least. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah. go ahead. Well, and uh, I was also going to add that this is reflected in, uh, I think, the, the biggest way we found out that well, machines are smarter than us, and at least being able to recognize patterns is with chess. And uh, the monumental time this this was ex this was really brought to fore was when uh, Kasparov, uh, Gary Kasparov, like one of the world uh, world's best chess players, lost to uh, I think an IBM uh, algorithm. It was it was cool stuff. Cool stuff for <laughs> humanity. Yeah. 
No, definitely. It's actually, yeah, they are, well, they're, they're really fascinating. And like maybe one of the problems is that they're fascinating too, because we, <laughs> yeah, can, exactly. we can't stop ourselves from, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not, it's not, a little bit of a curse. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah well, and, and I'm not, advocating that we should stop but it's good to be able to put into perspective and if, if need be not race to like not make it an arms race at least um which which can have uh, catastrophic uh outcomes anyways i'm if we're not about dooms and blooms today well i mean we will we might, we'll get there but not at least with yeah, ai another day <laughs> <laughs> um and uh yeah that that that's always in the corner of our, our thoughts i suppose um so yeah something else that you mentioned that i wanted to dig into i forgot and that was um you get to know a little bit about yourself and that is so true it's like basically well artificial intelligence machine learning algorithms are basically these machines that ha that that have a great capacity to 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 you know, understand you and you know you and then give you that information like like anybody, anything else. They recognize pattern in an individual as well. Would you agree with this? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, they're, as I said, they're able to see super distinct tiny patterns that we're not able to see, even if it's about ourselves. Yeah, yeah it's can. possible that they can know more about ourselves than we, we at least we admit to ourselves. Yeah, you can. Uh, you know, they might come that you you would ask the, the these algorithms, the, these machines, basically, what is the best field of study for me? <laughs> Consult them. <on> yeah, it's <laughs> like because yeah, let's face it, we are not really good at picking our fields. Some people drop out, some people change their major, some people end up not. There's so few that actually go into it uh, in the beginning, knowing what they want to do and keep doing it and get very various positions in their jobs or academia or right. whatever and keep doing it for the rest of their life that's that's not really common in a sense so um and that's there's not that's not particularly a problem but if it could be optimized and become better i suppose that could be that could be really, yeah. really useful yeah i mean yeah maybe maybe that's something intrinsically human but i, I feel like that's yeah. that's uh, actively diverting the topic so i'm gonna not do that <laughs> yeah yeah no that's fine uh, yeah that's true it it is human but um it could, it could we could become better humans as well like we could improve anyways yeah so for sure. back to the back to the topic at hand so we are doing all these data we're collecting all these data we're working with all these data but there's clearly something that we need to talk about if we're talking about the swarm of these data that are super valuable because well as you mentioned you can know me better than i know myself having my data or enough of my data what if the mm -hmm. data falls into the wrong hand and a wrong person can know me better than I know myself and can manipulate me um, to to their purposes, to their goals? And uh, wouldn't privacy be an issue here? Yeah, no, and uh, I think this this is really what DataX was born from. I think uh, it, we did this hackathon, the Ethereum UFT hackathon earlier this year, which is what started this entire company. And uh what the hackathon was born out of was the idea of, uh, well, the whole Cambridge Analytica thing where, you know, some random app has access to Facebook's data and not just Facebook's data about the person who did these, uh, they, basically they generated some quizzes, uh, like those BuzzFeed, you know, know your, which Disney princess are you right. kind of uh, quizzes. But they not only used that information, but they, of the people who answered those quizzes, but they also used their friends' information. And they, they used some crazy modeling to 
well, come up with some kind of uh, political prediction model. So are these people more likely to vote this way or this way, you know? And uh, I mean, that's not the point of the conversation. It's just that this, the fact that this is being allowed is, uh, I don't think that should fly. And again, I think this, this problem stems out of the internet infrastructure. It, it started out uh, being under the control of a few people who actually knew how the internet works. Now we're not at that point. A lot of people know how it works. So it shouldn't, the infrastructure shouldn't be that same old way. It should be more decentralized. It should be spread out. Yeah. And I mean, you said that it's not the point, but it sort of is the point because that has, I mean, according to some people at least, that has had uh, so many political implications in, 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 yeah. in the United States and the United Kingdom specifically, but probably even the rest of the world. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, and that and that's the issue with privacy. That's part of the issue with privacy. I mean, there's so many issues, and we uh, keep hearing. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's if it's uh, if it's our uh, biological nature that keeps paying attention to these negative stories. But and I'm I'm and I'm not really reading into it. This I I'm not really knowledgeable. That's why I'm asking you basically. But I keep hearing about these data breaches, uh, breaches, and then th these problems that we keep having. And the question that comes to my mind, I don't want to, again, I don't want to make an, an assumption because I don't know, but the question that comes to my mind is that are we, are we really losing the grasp of our privacy here? You know, I, I, at this point, it, <laughs> with issues like this and global warming, it really it feels like you're, you're, you've lost already. But I don't, I don't think that's the case, I, uh, especially with data, data sharing. Well, okay, there's been hack after hack after hack just last week. Uh, I think earlier this year, Yahoo uh, had at least four billion accounts hacked. Four billion, which is a crazy number. Right. No, that's uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, and um, and then there was a Marriott hack. There was uh, another one which I forget. <laughs> There's so many that I can't even remember. Right. Exactly. But I mean, the the point is that data is a constantly being data is constantly being generated. So we there there's still going to be more stuff that's not going to be hacked. And um, how we get past that is with, I guess, some kind of idea of security. Security is baked into the foundation of the internet, but if I have a password that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, anyone's gonna sure. get it. That's yeah. not my password, by the way. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, not gonna, that's not gonna fly, right? But uh, I do think that there is more out, of the, more out there in the world that, than people think there is about the person, about, about people, and people don't care as much as they claim they do. These are two things I've noticed in this, in this world. And I think I think both of these should should change. So by people you mean regular people. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah. So but 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 my concern is not. Yes, you're right. People definitely don't care as much as they say they do. But even above that, I don't think they they even in in what they say they're even saying enough. They're not really saying I care particularly well. <laughs> like a lot of people are completely agnostic about whether they care or not. They're not saying I right. don't care. They wouldn't, they wouldn't go out of the way to say that, particularly perhaps, but they're not really saying they care either. And I'm not talking about everybody, obviously. I'm talking about a good majority that, that does concern me. And you're right. One of the problems is that people use one, two, three, four, five, or one, 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 or something like that <laughs> as passwords, which are like super scary, of course. I mean, and yeah, I, I just to I, I really see a strong like analogy with global warming. It's uh, you use all these terrible products that that you shouldn't be using. You know, uh, I'm not going to say anything about eating meat. You know, but eating meat from certain factories that really don't care about how they get rid of their waste. Right. All these things like it's 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 kind of you're enabling this. You know, by having shitty passwords, you're you're enabling people right. 
kind of uh, you're giving this opportunity for people to hack into your systems and just take over your identity. You know, right? Right. I think yeah, that's that's something that we really need to take control over. Yeah, and uh, we are so tied in our uh, in today's world with our data. Our our whole stock markets in the U.S. at least is uh, is based <laughs> on a, our internet yeah. and data. The whole banking systems, like even if you go out, so so if even if you have millions of dollars right now, if if there's no bank, you have probably at best if you have cash a little bit lying around, uh, laying around, you probably have at at best thousands of dollars. That's it, right? And, and that's the best case scenario because what is money? It, well, b- before there was a tangible product that we used. Well, I, we still use, but we usually run based on credit, and and then yeah. So so I'm I'm giving these examples to say one aspect of it is individual privacy and the fact that some person, some third party agent, can know me better than me, which is super scary. <laughs> um, and and I don't know. Do do you, do you agree with me on the fact that? somebody else knowing you better than you is super scary i i think it's okay for a model to know me better than myself yeah yeah no, but and, it depends what it's used for and, I, and I, agent, that's where i would 100 agree with you but yeah so what i'm saying the good points uh so what i mean by somebody I, I mean an agent that has an intention whether that's being a human or a machine or whatever and does something with that knowledge not just knowing but actually do, doing something and that that doing something could be in my benefit or opposed to it but i mean obviously when i'm saying i'm concerned is that for the case that it might be used opposed so one simple case is advertising right right yeah um, which uh, which we can get into but um so yeah i mean there are so many so many so how does this uh you know model of data x and decentralization of internet help us so with data x we specifically talking about this last point about having a model being able to know you better than yourself and how, how I should feel about that. I think in most cases, as you said, if if it's an arbitrary thing, you don't really know what's going on, then I would be pretty terrified. Like I don't I don't want my information being given to that 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 machine. But if it's gonna be used for some kind of social good, not necessarily just good for me, but some kind of social good, be it a researcher at uh, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health or a researcher studying modeling GDP so that you can find out how to reduce unemployment, you know? These are these are things that I would very much like my data to be used for. And on the on the flip side, I think these are the people who should have access to data that don't have enough access to data. They have uh, the, the people who do have access to data are like people who are trying to, as you mentioned, advertisers. You know, like why do, why should advertisers get our get our information just so that they show us more relevant things that they want us to buy? I I mean I'm not opposed to uh, you know advertisement in general I, I i do like seeing some some things that are catered to me that i that's something i might buy you know but right, right. if i want to buy something i can go out and buy it i can do some research on it i don't i don't see the point of all this valuable information you know data is a commodity it's a it's a commodity and it's such a personal one you know it's it, that's that's how it should be seen and it should be it should be invested into into projects that are worthy not just some some kind of arbitrary junk or like something that's not really doing anything for anyone yeah but uh, like i'm gonna play devil's advocate here i'm pretty much Mm -hmm. on on your side of advertising give or take but 
I'm going to play devil's advocate anyways because I want, for the sake of argument, basically. And that is, okay, so a lot of these internet companies, specifically like Facebook or Google or a lot of these guys, they are making money and sustaining themselves out of advertising and selling these information to advertisers, etc. So point being, if, if, if they don't do that, either they can't, they, they cease to survive or they will have to start charging people and then your search engine, your Facebook, and all that becomes subscription-based, so you start have to, uh, you will have to start paying for them, and that's not desirable for anybody either. So how do we how do we compensate for that then? So again, I uh, I'll, I'll I'll go back to a little bit earlier when I said uh, this is this is straight out of the uh, like the, the infrastructure of the internet. But if, if let's let's take Facebook as a case study. Where Facebook grew as something, some guy's personal project that just started becoming really, really big, and then suddenly just blew up to billion, a billion. I think they have, do they have more than a billion? Maybe, but uh, yeah, just, I think they have more than a billion. Yeah, yeah they just they have a ton of users, right? So it, I think for there how it worked. Uh, if I watched the movie Social Network, I don't know how true that is, but it seemed like Mark Zuckerberg didn't want to advertise on it, and then at some point he came because he has all these users, but. There's no real revenue stream there. Right? He's giving those users something, some kind of connectivity, but he's not getting anything back. So advertising is it's kind of a natural choice because um, uh, as a as a as a brand, I want people to you know buy into what I'm selling them, selling to them. So I have the you know I have the incentive to actually pay uh, Facebook to put my ad on there. And as Facebook, you know, as I said, I, I am providing the service to people, but and I have so many people on my platform, but I'm not really getting anything for it. So it it's a it's it is a market failure, and it kind of resolved itself. But um, I think maybe using this data for something good right from the start would have would have maybe changed things a lot more. You know, compensating users and taking a little bit of a cut from that. I think that would have uh, that would have been a more uh, stable foundation for the internet and. Um, it, 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 now we have to strip down what's existing and then do it that way. I think I, I do see the shift in in that direction to how uh, internet apps are gonna how, how they're gonna be formulated. I don't think it's gonna be about subscription based services because I think people in the internet they care too much about their freedom. You know, it, it, as a developer, I can tell you I can make an app that I can just release for free that will be able to maybe will be able to sustain itself. Then why would I have to pay people to? I mean, why would I, as a person, pay to use a social media platform? I don't. Um, and I'll give a shout out to this uh, social media platform called Steemit. It's built on uh, a blockchain network called Steam, and uh, it's it's very early stage. And unfortunately, because of all the currency speculation, there's it's a little bit of a problem. But how this works is you get paid to actively engage and post. Uh, other people stake some of their cryptocurrency when they like or share your posts like you basically get money based on how good your post is on how good your content is which i think is a really it's a really cool model yeah it, it seems that it has some concept of meritocracy built into it so right. you're, you're get, getting compensated based on your good ideas not not just you're getting compensated for whatever <laughs> right yeah so so that's a good idea i guess i, I think uh, i mean I, I don't know about this this particular app in uh, and in this social media platform in general, but um, yeah, that concept was interesting to me. Um, and just for the sake of clarity, as uh, I'm gonna Facebook users, as the third quarter of 2018, Facebook had 2.27 billion monthly active users, which is actually huge. Yeah, it's a lot of people. That's, that's <laughs> a lot of most users. well, 
almost half the world's population. Yeah, well, I'm getting there. Almost. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's getting there. And, and I'm looking at the graph right now, which I guess you can't see with the audio. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's growing. So well, well, it'll get there. Anyway, so yeah, you're right. It's uh, and I, again, I was on your side in, for, from the beginning as well. But um, I wanted to argue because I knew that this is some people's argument, and it's for for a question. Um, yeah, for and, sure. Um, yeah. So, um, but but back to privacy and okay. So one one issue or potential issue is advertisement, but we do have other issues. And I mean, I can go out of my way to make my password super strong right mm -hmm. but i have zero control on my um you know for, well first of all so i i'm still active on social uh, social media some argue don't go on social media which i don't see as a good solution it's just more of an escape from the problem um i still do use banks banks rely on data obviously i don't mm -hmm. think anybody can argue against that and yeah. I still use a lot of these services that are out, out of my control. I have no control over. And now you got me scared. Now give <laughs> me some good news. Uh, well, the good news is that there is the new infrastructure for the Internet that's being built from scratch. But it's the new infrastructure for the Internet. So it's going to take a long, long time. But also, it has been going on since, I think, about 2014. And uh, specifically, I'm talking about uh, apps such as, well, not apps, but systems such as Ethereum and um, also Steam, as I mentioned, these are, they're gaining traction very slowly because they're, what are they? they're can you explain uh, like what they are? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Ethereum is, well, Bitcoin started out as just a cryptocurrency, but Ethereum is a platform where people can host a specialized cryptocurrency for just some app. So think of, uh, say you're using Uber, but it's maintained by the crowd and uh, there's an Uber Uber coin, you know, or something like that, where there is no one central authority. Maybe there's a cut from each uh, transaction that's used to keep the system alive and to incentivize people to just keep using it, right? But, uh, and then you could have something like uh, like a social media platform, again, going back to Steam, it, that, that uses that exact same model, right? Uh, but getting to the problem side of it, uh, there's, there's too many different uh, so-called uh, blockchain environments or blockchain uh like platforms and there's also a huge problem with scalability that's that's uh that's hitting the field right now because um they they're not nobody's sure if the, these these applications can handle uh hundreds of millions or billions of people because uh, i think there are some apps that already have or dApps that have uh millions already but i'm not sure if there's anything more than that and there's already a huge bottlenecks in terms of performance so there's so no it's, there's yeah, no absolute proof of concept that we actually can sustain billions of you know traffic users or whatever. Yeah, but I think that's more of an engineering challenge as opposed to a research challenge. Okay. So it's it's yeah. So there are techniques such as database sharding, where you just uh, take the database and you kind of cut it to different pieces, and then you store those pieces in different places. I, I've been talking to some teams who are actually doing work like that, and I think uh, that's that. You know, the solutions are on the horizon. It's not it's not all gloom and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and okay, cynicism. And also, um, so you want, I mean, we, you talked about this blockchain technology and we, we've talked about it in the past, but again, can we clarify what it is a little bit more in detail? Yes. Uh, so a blockchain, it's a very fancy term. I, I, I don't like the usage of the term, but it's a, it is what it is. You know, it's, a, it's essentially a data structure. That's all that it is. It's a data structure that's, uh, that's used for many different parties to form consensus. It's, it's one common 
let's call it a state, you know, a state, state is which is composed of different variables okay. that everyone looks. And each time the state changes, uh, at least, well, uh, depending on your definition of consensus, uh, at least a, a whole bunch of people who are looking at this database should agree for the state to be transferred. So a state transfer is an expensive operation in this in this context. So how this how this helps is that you have some kind of uh, democratization on how on how trans like let's call these transactions right these state these state changes. So when I say transaction, I bring in the financial connotation, and that you can you can easily see the the you know, obvious use case of it, and which is uh, and Bitcoin is exactly what this is. It's uh, it's a whole bunch of people who are maintaining a ledger, a distributed ledger. So everyone has access to this ledger. And if the ledger needs to change, then uh, a whole bunch of people need to agree that these changes are valid and they make sense and nobody's trying to scam the system, right? So uh, the beauty of uh, it being theoretical is that you can, you can, all these parts are like plug, plug and play. You, know, you can just, uh, you can plug in your notion of consensus, you can plug in your no, notion of state and you can, you can play, play around with all these variables. Um, so yeah, that's, 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 I think, uh, that's a good gist of, of what a blockchain is. <laughs> Cool. Uh, you also mentioned something else that you can potentially have these, uh, I don't know, you can call it like, for example, a new Uber, if you will. And you mentioned that, okay, you have an Uber coin. Okay, so how does this Uber coin thing works? Because, well, it either has to translate into the real world or mm -hmm. the, the, the other alternative would be that you can actually use this Uber coin within the Uber, the new, I mean, again, I'm saying Uber, it's not... Uber, yeah, it's, uh, it's Uber Prime. <laughs> yeah, Uber, Uber Prime, new Uber. So the new yeah. Uber coin. It's 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 a mouthful, but um, so <laughs> so yeah, you would basically use this credit within the same app, or it would somehow translate to the to the outside world. Uh, what is the model? How how is the thinking there? How does that fit in? Well, with that question, you basically hit the nail on the head with uh, the problem with crypto today. Is because uh, right. certain apps actually have followed this model of. Uh, exchanging it to currency and when you do exchange you you're basically being like hey guys come here speculate on my currency and do stuff with it yeah, right. so and that's, that's exactly what's happening that's why crypto markets are pretty poor right now no not right now there's just so much stuff going on but that's one of the reasons but uh yeah that's 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 the problem with opening it up to exchanging it with uh, different like uh, what we call fiat currencies fiat currencies being something like the canadian dollar or something issued by a central bank um but there are there is this notion of a utility token, which is a, a token that's only meant to be used inside the platform, and uh, then you can there is active research being done by uh, even the Bank of Canada, the different uh, different central banks around the world that's actually trying to find a way to stably transfer these tokens to these digital assets to other digital assets, and there are some apps that uh, are trying to do it. Uh, well, DataX at this point is not going to use any cryptocurrencies. We will only be using uh, fiat currencies or traditional currencies. Uh, but I think this is an interesting like, notion of uh, a stable coin or a stable token. And I think that having this will ultimately be what causes the shift towards uh, blockchain-based applications. Yeah, that that sounds really promising. I mean, I we'll see how that pans out, but uh, yeah. the horizon, yeah, the opportunities seem immersed. Like, it seems a lot of opportunities potentially. So right. uh, there are we talked about so so many problems that we are basically tackling head on uh, with this new technology, and we we were basically solving those problems uh, or at least attempting to or part uh, parts of them. Uh, so data privacy being one of them. 
Um, how, however, do you see further horizons that all of this can be used to solve some other potentially physical problems that we have in the world? I mean, there are so many of them from famine to, to poverty to, to climate change to violence or any other area that you can actually point out a name or think of. Is that, is there, do you see this, because it seems to me that it's, it's a very powerful tool or I don't know if you can actually qualify it as tool, but, um, but do you see this potential uh, or, and if you do, how? Well, um, I think uh, I do agree with your intuition that this, these are these are all data-driven problems. Again, um, I maybe if if anyone thinks I'm wrong in saying that everything we do is data-driven, everything you know, not pretty much everything, but actually everything we do is data-driven. It, it naturally follows that there is data available on on famine, and then if you're able to use that data and you're able to do some kind of analysis on it, you'd be able to come up with. Uh, well, the, the principal components of what causes famine in a certain location with a certain uh, situation, you know, a certain political situation and so on, et cetera. And you'd be able to model this phenomena and then maybe try, you'd be able to start measuring it. You know, you'd be able to start tweaking. What if I do this? Does this reduce famine? You know, do you, you see where I'm getting at? You, you'd be right. able to apply these, these models on it and you'd be able to tackle these problems head on. But the important thing there is you need access to the data and you need to be able to measure these things, right? I think that's that's the the biggest uh, challenge, or I guess even the, the starting point of, of how you get by there. And I mean, uh, there's a lot of great NGOs uh, doing this kind of work and charitable organizations that are doing exactly this. So yeah, basically we want to, uh, you know, use that data to educate ourselves or, or start learning what are the root causes of each of these individual problems and what are the potential um, solutions and use, the, again, similar simulations to see whether they actually do affect the uh, problem. So basically, we can, that's the idea, right? Am I, am I... Yeah, yeah. Data-driven solutions to data-driven problems that haven't been looked at that way before. You know, it's, 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 they're, they're, it, it, you can reduce famine to some kind of an optimization problem, you know? Right, right. Okay, fair enough. And uh, I, I do agree with you that if, if not everything, pretty much everything boils down to data. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of... So, okay, now let's get, get to the real stuff. So if, if, if I'm interested right now to start giving you my data and, for, uh, you know, get to my, know myself better and also contribute to a bigger picture, how do I do that uh, for data so, specifically? For, for data X, I think uh, going to our website... Uh, Signing up for our, our pilot platform pilot project is going to be the uh, best option. It's it's right on our website as datax.one datax.1. Um, you go there and see a uh, subscribe to our pilot, and you just follow the process there. That'll get us get you into our, our beta testing group, and I think uh, we're, our beta testers are going to be very held closely to us because uh, <laughs> you know we're early stage and we're going to appreciate anyone who supports us. Um, and what's next? Well, we'll follow up with your insights. And uh, of course, there's a $5 uh, compensation you receive, 5 to $10, depending on how much data you contribute, which is just the extension is just you click a button and that's all you have to do. So if you keep the button clicked for an entire week, for example, you would uh, you'd probably get $10. But if as soon as you click it, you get $5. That's that's guaranteed. And additionally, we will put our, our team data scientists to work over the Christmas break and make him uh, get a bunch of insights out of this data. So you've, you get to find out some cool stuff about your internet browsing activity. Nice. It's kind of tame, but it's a good starting point. 
Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I was going to ask you to explain what's happening. Like, what am I getting out of uh, with the first pilot project, which you sort of did? Do you want to add anything to it? Well, sure. I, uh, what we are collecting is basically browsing history, um, the bookmarks, top websites visited, uh, any any information that your browser collects automatically. We're just tapping into the browser's data collection, which uh, any other extension would collect. You know, I can. There are you can see things like what's on your what's on the website you're currently on, but those require like higher levels of access, and we're not going that that crazy. Um, but, but, but what sort of assurances that I have that you're not really going that crazy? <laughs> well, uh, the, when you sign up for our, our pilot, you will you will see a liability notice, so you can actually take us to court if you think that we're doing something bad. Okay. You know? So, yeah, All right, that's like we we really <laughs> we really don't want to be on the bad side of, of data collection. <laughs> no, that's, I know. That's, I, I'm that's just that's basically a, trying to. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's a very valid question. Okay, <laughs> you know, I I'm trying to contribute, and I want to be 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 comforted. That's why I'm, I, I'm, so what I'm, and I'm here to, to comfort you, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so what I'm thinking is that, okay, it, whether myself or, or some of my, our audience here are going to uh, hear these and the, the, I'm thinking what would be the concern of any single individual and I'm trying to ask, or not, not every single individual, but genuine concerns that might arise. So I'm just asking you these. And another thing that, so, so you are right now sticking to the browser data. You're not going mm -hmm. crazy further than that, right? This is only for our private data collection. I mean, as in right. people directly giving data to us. We are also partnering with uh, existing apps. And how this is going to work is the user who's using this app will get a notification saying, hey, do you want to give data to so-and-so study? If they say yes, then they will begin, will port over their profile, their data, and make it available to a researcher. Everything can be tracked online. Uh, we already have, we have just one partner right now who is, uh, uh, who is a meditation application called Mobio. Uh, I think their app is called Wildflowers, actually. And uh, um, well, what they do is basically, it's, it's really cool. They, they, they make you take 30 second selfies and those selfies uh, record your stress levels. They give you a meditation regimen and you can actually track how you're... Okay. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. You, know, you don't want to look at yourself for that long. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be awkward. Yeah, but uh, well, it, I think what they do with it is well worth it because it's uh, you get to track how your stress reduces directly because of meditation. And they've already released two randomized control trials based on the information from their app. And uh, I think right now they're targeting mainly users who are um, who have terminal sicknesses and mental health issues. So they're doing so, some some really good work. That's fair enough. No, I was just man, making a joke. It was Thirty seconds, definitely not <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> I yeah, think I, I think people commuters. <laughs> yeah, if you if you add them up, people spend much longer in front of their camera, uh, taking ju just taking selfies, not, not looking <laughs> yeah, at their phones. For sure. but, so so yeah, that's that that wouldn't be an issue. Um, all right, man. Uh, is there anything we left out of the conversation that you want to talk about? Well, I think we talked about everything under the sun, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked a lot. We talked about a lot of good stuff. and uh, Great discussion. Um, definitely going to follow this up with uh, with you. I, I'm really interested in this area because I believe, well, I mean, whether this is successful or not, I'm not talking about your company. I'm talking about the whole idea of decentralized internet, uh, which I cannot see why eventually it wouldn't be. But um, whether it would be or not, it's irrelevant. It's at the cutting edge right now, and it's so super exciting. Um, yeah. I have one final question for you, however. Um, mm -hmm. How, I mean, I do understand that there are going to be consequences of this whole thing that are not anticipated, no matter what you do, and, and we're going to have to deal with it later. 
Um, but I'm gonna give bring us back to to our previous generation to social media. I'm pretty sure people who you know created Twitter, Facebook, uh, let's stick with Twitter for now. Uh, did we're not really anticipating all these sometimes mob behavior on Twitter? These um, these you know ir- irresponsible people who are violent, who are aggressive, uh, who go after you. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are concerned about what social media is doing to our societies. And and I think this is just a new medium that we're basically adapting to. But what are, are you doing anything to foresee these concerns that might arise? I mean, I'm pretty sure there are going to be, no matter what you do, there are going to be something that we none of us uh, can foresee at this point. But are you doing, doing anything uh, for, for those concerns? Or, or is there a part of your plan? Well, specifically about uh, people kind of mobbing up in that sense of and how they well, do the internet. No, that that mobbing was just an example of what uh, the problem became. The problem of social media that nobody was anticipating, and it became right. uh, as a new medium, basically. Right. So I I I, I think that this is uncharted ter- territory for humanity as a whole, and uh, I think I I I can't say anything about how I how I see it going because it's. <laughs> this is the first time we've had social media, and it's it's right. it's less than twenty years old. I mean, it's it's about twenty years old actively, you know, with a huge following. So I I can only say it's 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 a wild ride, and I think it's only going to get wilder. But I think uh, we should at least try to control it or do something good with it, even though you know we won't be able to control a lot of things if we at least use right. this to do something good i think that's at least trying and, you know? and don't get me wrong i don't mean social media is bad i'm, I'm yeah I'm yeah no i I, I think uh, i see exactly what you mean it's it's not about the badness it's more about yeah just like this is the first time everyone in the world really has one place to connect with each other you yeah. know and it's it's yeah. super unpredictable what can happen with that that kind of power all right yeah that sounds good we covered yeah. a lot uh all yeah. right, man thank you for being uh, on our on our show again I, I, it was a pleasure. I love this discussion. And I look awesome. forward to showing up sometime in the future. Oh, yeah. When you hit some strides, uh, we, we're gonna, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of our audience will join you. And they're going to want to hear more about what you do. So yeah. definitely. Definitely. All right. Have a good one. Thank you very much. You too, man. Take care. Thank you.